We'll continue in worship and prayer together. I will uh, lead out in uh, some words of prayer, and then I'll leave pauses and opportunities for you to join your prayers with mine in the silences. And then at the end of each pause, we will say together, Lord, hear our prayer. So please, bow with me. God, you are lifted high. You are alive. And we join as your people and we sing hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. And as we welcome a new year, we also bid farewell to a year behind us. And many of us wish to say good riddance with a few choice words. This past year was full of incredible challenges, disappointment, frustration, significant difficulty. But God, we, uh, we, we, we turn our attention to you. Amidst the challenges of what we have faced, we remember who you are. We know that you are the God who is alive. You are the God who is with us. You are the God who came to show us what love looks like. And so as we stand here on the hinge of a new year, we want to turn our attention to you. We want to remember that you are the mighty God. You are the creator of all. That your love is available to us. And so we take a moment as your people. We pause ourselves and we just want to turn our attention fully to you to remember your goodness and just to ponder the wonder of who you are. And together we say, Lord, hear our prayer. God, we do acknowledge that there were hard moments from the year behind, challenges, difficulties. We lost loved ones this past year. We missed out on important moments together. We felt strife in our relationships. We were inundated with all kinds of tragic news from around the world, 2021 was, in many ways, a difficult year. So together, we take a moment to lament. We pause to acknowledge the hard parts of the past year because you, God, desire to share in our pain. Together we say, Lord, hear our prayer. God, we also acknowledge that tangled amidst the hardships of the past year, there were many beautiful moments. Moments when we were filled with joy and wonder of life. We shared many moments of laughter. We celebrated significant milestones together. We welcomed new people, new friends into our community, new members into our family, new little ones into our world. You took care of us, God. You provided for us. 
You gave us many moments where we felt the warmth of your love, especially through the love of others around us. So together, we take a moment to remember the good of the year we had. We pause now and acknowledge the many blessings that we experienced in 2021. Together we say, Lord, hear our prayer. God, we ask you to watch over our church as we enter this new year. Help us to lean on you and to turn to you for wisdom, strength, and direction for the year ahead. Help us to love one another well. Help us to love others around us well. Help us to be a blessing to our city. God, we ask you to provide for our church. Lord, please bring us a new lead pastor who can help shepherd and guide our community into the year ahead. Please, Lord, provide us with the finances and resources we need to fulfill our mission this year. Please, Lord, give guidance to our leadership that we might be wise and faithful stewards of all that you have entrusted us with. Jesus, we pray that you would work in us and through us this year. May we grow more and more in love with you this year, God. And may we experience your love flowing through us and into the lives of others around us in powerful ways this year. So together, we pause and we pray for the needs of our church. Together we say, Lord, hear our prayer. God, the echoes of Advent are still with us. We feel the message of hope, peace, joy, and love reverberating through our souls. We carry that message with us into the new year because Advent reminds us that while we certainly will struggle in the year ahead, you are the God who is with us. Lord Jesus, Emmanuel, may we sense your presence near with every unexpected turn in the year ahead. When restrictions change or cases rise, when headlines make us weep, when we are tired and weary, please, Lord, remind us that you are still Emmanuel. You will be the God with us this year. Together, we hold firm to that promise. Amen. Well, I've just got a few announcements before Aiden comes to bring us the message for the morning. Next Sunday, we are starting a new teaching series called Reclaim, following Jesus in an increasingly polarized world. Allison will be up preaching next week, and then for the following three weeks, we will have conversations with guests who will help us think this through as a community. 
We are also offering some bonus sessions on Tuesday evenings. They're going to run for three weeks starting on January 11th. The sessions are called Embracing the Tension, Disagreement as Spiritual Formation. This is an opportunity to further explore the topics we're going to be discussing in our services. Registration will be available this coming week on our website. And then also, next Sunday, after the service, we are hosting a games afternoon. It is for all ages. Please come and join us. Bring your favorite games, or maybe come and learn a new game. Bring some old friends, and come ready to meet some new friends. It's going to be a wonderful time for a whole community to join together. I personally have really taken a deep dive into the world of chess throughout COVID. So if anybody else out there wants to bring a chess set, I'm down for a game. You can register for the games event online on our website. And then, of course, we would like to invite you to continue to give financially. We thank you so much for everybody who gave generously throughout December. We will be giving you an update. We're still, like, the staff team hasn't really come back from holidays yet, so we haven't been able to tally up the totals from December. But thank you for your continued generosity. If you would like to give, you can go to leafychurch.com give for more information. And then if you're new to our community or you're, you know, old to our community, but you'd like to get more connected, there are all kinds of ways to get connected. And we are actually hoping to create more opportunities in the year to come. Ways we can join together around common interests, shared activities. So you can find more information at lakeviewchurch.com connect. And there's even a form you can fill out that let us know who you are and a pastor would love to get in touch with you. All right. With that being said, I want to invite you to stand up and as you're comfortable to greet those around you, say hello, happy new year. And Aiden's going to come and bring us the message. All right. Well, very friendly. Uh, you can all have a seat. So, I don't know if you guys pay attention much to the movie world, uh, but I do. And last month, there was a little indie film that came out called Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, and if you don't know anything about me, you know that I am a massive fan of Spider-Man. Absolutely huge. In fact, probably such a massive fan that I've embarrassed my fiance Emily more times than I'd like to admit with my Spider-Man nerdiness. So, needless to say, I was very excited for the new Spider-Man movie. Not because it was just a new Spider-Man movie, but because they were like bringing everybody together. All of the people from the old movies in the 2000s were showing up in this one. All of the people from the 2010 The Amazing Spider-Man movies with the best portrayal of Spider-Man, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise, Andrew Garfield, the best Spider-Man and the worst Spider-Man movies, they're all coming together to form one big super Spider-Man movie. And so I was very excited. So excited that I saw it three times in two days, because that's the kind of nerdy that I am. $150 later, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was worth it. Uh, <laughs> my fiance might say otherwise. Um, but if all of that wasn't enough to make you believe that I'm a Spider-Man fan, maybe this will. So in every screening, uh, I was obviously excited every time, all three of them. Um, but I kept getting vibrations on my Apple Watch. And I thought, oh, somebody's trying to text me. Whatever, I'm focused on Spider-Man. I don't care. And so as the movie came to a conclusion, I left and I looked at my Apple Watch and all of a sudden I saw all these little updates of my Apple Watch saying, hey, your heart rate is really high and you're not doing anything. Are you sure you're okay? 
Um, and I was like, oh, I guess I must have been a little excited. Uh, <laughs> and this didn't happen just the first time. The first time I saw it, it happened also. The second time, which I was surprised by, I thought that I've already seen it. How high can my heart rate go? Apparently, it can still go really high. Um, and it also happened the third time. So needless to say, when you love something as much as I love Spider-Man, your heartbeat will be pretty fast for it. So much that your Apple Watch is worried there's some kind of heart failure going on, which there wasn't. Everything was okay. I was just very nerdy and into Spider-Man. Um, but I think this applies to different things in our lives. Uh, we, our heart rate accelerates for things that we're excited for. Whether it is the birth of a child, depending on which side of it you're on, your heart might be beating for different reasons. Um, depending on a relationship and someone you care about, or your kids, or your job, or Spider-Man, uh, our heart rate goes up for things that we actually care about. And as I started to write this sermon and think about it, I was faced with the challenge of Jesus and thinking, does my heart rate go up for Jesus like it does Spider-Man? Do I get Apple Watch alerts when I read my Bible or pray? Um, I know that there was a time when I used to get super excited to open my Bible and read and pray and like come to church and worship and be with God's people. But if I'm honest, especially over the last two years, that heart rate has started to decrease. Not because I don't care about God, but because it just feels more and more like it's hard. Um, and so the big idea that I kind of want to talk about today is this, is that if we don't recommit to finding a heartbeat for Jesus, it won't be long until we find no heartbeat at all. So with that, let's dive into the book of Revelation, chapter 2. It says this, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles, but they're not, and have found them false. You have persevered and, even, and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So if you don't know the book of Revelation, real quick, it's written by a guy named John. John was the best friend of Jesus, this, and he's writing this book while he's, so Jesus has died, risen again. Many years have gone by. John has now been taken by the Roman Empire and exiled onto an island all by himself. And while he's on this island, he gets a bunch of different visions and messages from Jesus. Um, and this is one of the messages that he gets. It's to a church in Ephesus, a real church. Jesus has a message for them. And I'm naturally a negative person, so I'm looking forward to the later parts of this sermon where I can be more negative. Um, but I think it is good to stop and acknowledge some of the good things. And even Jesus here, before he dives into saying, hey guys, here's some stuff you're getting wrong, he, he acknowledges that this church in Ephesus has been going through a hard time, that they have faced trials, that they faced persecution, that it has been hard to be a Christian. It has been exhausting. And I think for many of us, we feel that too. Like, I don't know. Was online church very fun and easy? I mean, at first it was kind of cool. And then like after a month, I was like, I'm done with this. I, like it started to become work. It was hard. And even now coming to church, you have to wear a mask and sanitize. And we're still in COVID rules. And, it's, and we're just tired. We're worn out. It's been two years. I feel like I'm still in 2020 
in like 2021 was me processing 2020 and now I'm in a second year and I'm like holy cow I wasn't even I'm still not over the first year that I was doing this and we are tired but the thing is is that there are still good things that have happened amongst all the tiredness that we have persevered as a church and maybe not everything is the way it was but there's been great things there's been baptisms even though for almost a year we weren't seeing one another people were still giving their lives to Jesus and committing to him Children were born and dedicated or baptized in our church. Families you know. We've seen people come to know Jesus during this time. Even though our uh, attendance isn't as high as it used to be, our giving has like not really dipped very much, which is incredible. That there are so many good things that we can look at in these past two years. And even though we're tired, we can acknowledge that God is still working. And so I want to ask you guys this. Um, what good have you seen this past year? Because if you're like me, it's, it's easy to look at the negatives and things that haven't. But what are actually some of the good things you've seen in church, in your own life, in your family, um, even in your work, that you've seen God moving, that despite the tiredness and how hard it's been, that you've still seen God on the move in different ways? But with all that positivity out of the way, <laughs> let's get to what Jesus has to say next. Yet... I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Now, those are hard words. And for myself, I don't know about you, but at least for me, and maybe I'm just preaching to myself, but I doubt it. I think that over these last two years, this has become true. Um, you might not have lost it altogether, but our love for Jesus is waning and decreasing um, because... It's hard, and we're really at this crossroads where it's either something needs to change or the direction we're headed on is not going to lead to life. Um, I've been in a relationship for six years now, I think. This starts to get a point where you lose track, and I hope that I'm correct. Emily's here, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's been six years. Uh, <laughs> it's probably not good. I should have figured that out before I got on stage. Um, and the funny thing about that, to so some of you, that's a long time. To most of you, that's not very long. Uh, but the thing about being in a relationship for six years is I get to have all the fun conversations, especially as uh, being involved in youth with, like, teenagers and also, like, young adult couples who, like, start dating. And it's like, oh, my gosh, my boyfriend is the best. There's no flaws at all. He's awesome. Or it's my girlfriend and I never fight because she's perfect in everything that I've ever dreamed of. And it's like, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I'm always like, just wait. Like, you're in the honeymoon phase and everything seems great, but there's going to come a time. For example, like uh, with Emily, um, um, with Emily, at first when we started dating, I thought, this is perfect. Like, I found a female version of me and she's perfect in every way and this is amazing. And soon I found out she's not like me at all and still is nothing like me. And we began to have kerfuffles of sorts. We began to run into these crossroads. One of them being, and one we still kind of run into, but we've, we've worked it out, we figured it out, was we like different things. I, my ideal day is I wake up, I get my coffee, I like sit in silence, I don't see anybody all day, and I just read theology books. And that's what I wanna do. 
And Emily wants to like live life and like go on adventures and actually do something. And I don't want to. <laughs> and so early in our relationship, we found this crossroad where either one of us was going to have to start sacrificing or maybe both. Uh, but we're going to have to start figuring out how do we make sure you like sitting around not seeing anybody, you like going out and actually living your life. How do we make sure that we also live our lives but take times to like not see anybody and work that out? And so in all relationships, there are these kinds of decisions where either I could have gone, you know what, all I want to do is stay in my home all day and I don't want to see anybody, including you, I'm done. Or you do the hard thing and you learn to like sacrifice and, and, and come to um, a decision where you're going to go deeper together by sacrificing. And so I think that we are at this crossroads with Jesus, at least I am, where it's been easy to start to stop doing the things you need to do. Um, it's hard enough to just show up to church with, hey, you get a gold star. You actually showed up. That's a big deal. I didn't even want to show up today. I was like, I could sleep and not see anybody. And I was like, nope, I need to preach, and I want to be a part of what God's doing. So I showed up, but, but it is hard. It started to become difficult, and, and we really are at this place as a church and as individuals where it's a crossroads. We're either, and I've seen it happen in the past year where some of my friends have hit this crossroads and just gone, you know what, I'm just done with it all together. It's too much, it's too hard, I'm out. Or we're going to have to do the hard thing and go, I know this is going to be difficult. I know this isn't always like the ideal situation, but I'm going to have to learn how to go deeper with Jesus in sacrifice. And so I want to ask you this, does Jesus still get your heart rate up? Are you like me where, where um, it's kind of waning a bit and it's getting difficult to read your Bible, to pray, to show up to church, to be a part of a home church, that it's just feeling like it's just too much and you don't know what to do? Or maybe you're like me at Spider-Man. You feel great and you're super excited. If so, that's great. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm excited for you, but I think for most of us, if we ask this question, does Jesus still get our heart rate up? The answer is no. It's, or at least it's not as much as it used to be. It has been hard. It's been waning. And it's become a problem. But Jesus isn't done. He finishes off with this. Um, he says, consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I'll come and I'll remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, I think is how you say that. There's some crazy kind of heretic people. Uh, we won't talk about that, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. So Jesus gives us a New Year's resolution. Uh, he says that our resolution this year should be to recommit to do the things that we used to do before, to do the things we know that we need to do. Because in all honesty, this isn't just about Jesus saying, work harder because I said so. Um, it's that this is actually healthy. <laughs> that I don't actually think any of us feel like not spending time in God's word, not praying, not being in community in church is actually good for us. I think the longer we've gone on holding it off, the worse it's gotten. And now that we look at where we are, we're like, wow, things have changed a lot in small ways over time that I didn't realize. Um, it's kind of like this. 
back in 2016, I went to college, which is great. Uh, but the problem was, <laughs> uh, in high school, I played a lot of sports. Uh, I played hockey, I played football, sports all the time, awesome. And I went to college, I stopped playing sports because I was busy doing, I don't know, studying in video games. And so I stopped playing sports and I was doing that, which is fine. The problem is, I kept eating like I was still playing hockey and football, which, and that I was still a teenager, which I was slowly not becoming anymore. So I would still, like, when I bought a bag of chips, I would eat the whole thing in one go. I'd, like, drink pop all day because freedom, no parents around to tell me I can't. Um, I would eat entire large pizzas all to myself. And over time, <laughs> bit by bit, I went from uh, 180 pounds to, like, 185, 190, like, 200 and then one time I got on the scale and I saw the number 240 pounds looking at me and I was like, huh. not that there's anything wrong if that's where you're at, but for me I was like, I've come in small ways to a much different number than how I started this year off. And so I came to this crossroads where I either needed to change the way I was eating, start working out, or I could keep heading on the path that I'm headed on. And so I decided, you know what, New Year's resolution, let me be really cliche, I'm going to get fit this year. And so I told my friends in the dorm, I was like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to eat healthy, I'm going to work out. I did it, and in four months, it was a miracle, I got back to 180, and it was awesome. Now, <laughs> that, after I left college and gym wasn't free anymore, and I didn't have, like, friends around encouraging me, uh, I started to, like, you know, once in a while, I'll like call Domino's up and say, hey, bring me that large pizza. And I'll eat it all in one go, and it'll be great. And this was fine for a while. But when COVID hit, I thought, you know what? Life sucks. And you know what doesn't suck? Really bad, unhealthy food. And I can't go to the gym, but this COVID thing, it's going to be over quick, right? Three months, that's what we thought. It's going to be over. So just for three months, I'm just going to like do what I want, and I'll really care. So me and my roommate at the time, we had like a swan pizza across from our house. And if you go there and you order a large two-topping pizza, they're 10 bucks. Heck of a deal. So we would walk over. We'd order two large two-topping pizzas and we'd eat them all to ourselves multiple times in the week, which felt, well, did it feel great? It tasted great. I don't know whether or not we felt great. Our bodies might have thought differently. Um, but to my surprise, within three months, COVID had and ended. So I thought, well, I'll just keep, you know, eating like this. And so I haven't really stopped. And two, three months turned into like six months and then a year. Now we're looking at two years. And so you can't really eat large pizzas all by yourself uh, as like one meal and still eat the other meals you're supposed to eat in the day and not have that affect you a little bit. So I'm back at another crossroads where I'm at 200 pounds again. And I'm like, huh. I'm in the same place where I was before, where bit by bit I've ended up here. And so I've got to decide, am I going to do the things I already know that I have to do, eat healthy again, stop eating large pizzas from Swan Pizza, as good as they are, um, and, and start working out? Or am I just going to keep heading on the direction I'm headed on? And so I've decided, hopefully I do it. No, I'm telling it in front of all of you, so I guess I have to do it. Um, I've decided that I'm going to start eating healthy and working out again to get back to where I personally want to be. And I think for a lot of us, it's like us and Jesus in COVID, is that maybe a couple of years ago, 
your faith was like waning and it wasn't as exciting as it used to be, but it was fine. And then like, you didn't really notice it. And then COVID hit and like bit by bit, you know, you were like, I'll skip my like Devo today. It's not a big deal. I'm tired. The bed looks better than the Bible right now. So I'm gonna choose the bed, but it's just for one day. It's not a big deal. Or maybe it's like, you know what? I'm tired of online church. I'm just gonna like skip this one. It's okay. It's just one time. I'm gonna be okay. And bit by bit, like me during COVID and pizza, you started to see the weight go up. Or slowly, you started to notice that one week of missing church turned into two, turned into three. You kind of backed out of your home church because you're feeling really tired. You don't even really remember the last time you read your Bible or prayed, other than in here, like actually like sat down in silence and just prayed. It started to catch up to you. And when you sit back and actually acknowledge where you are, you're like, I've come a long way from where I was at the start. And I think that we know, like me eating a large pizza every day, that this isn't healthy, but it's hard to turn around and actually do the things you did at first, like Jesus talks about. It takes work to go to the gym and eat healthy, and in the same way, it takes work to read your Bible and pray and show up to church and join a home church and be in community. Um, but I honestly think we need to ask ourselves this. It's what do you need to recommit to? What are the things that even right now in your head, God's putting things there, pulling on you that you're thinking about that you need to recommit to? Whether it's five minutes of reading your Bible a day or 10 minutes in prayer, or even just showing up to church every week or every other week. Um, maybe it is joining a home church or rejoining one maybe you backed out of. What are the things you're feeling? Um, because in all honesty, at least for me, and I'm sure it's probably true of you, there are some of these things that we've let go over the past two years that, that we need to find again that we need to figure out what do I need to do to stir up that passion for Jesus that I had at first, that my heart actually beats um, for him, that I'm excited to spend time with him. And not only that, I'm excited to be a part of this church. And yeah, we disagree. Believe it or not, even the staff amongst themselves disagree. We're not all robots who believe the same thing, that, that we might not always do COVID the way you think we should whether that's we do too much or we do too little. Um, you know personal people in this congregation right now who have posted things on Facebook that really make you angry. And you can choose whether or not you're still going to love them and have a relationship or give up. Um, and then with yourself and Jesus, you can choose whether or not, yeah, it is easier to just not read your Bible, not pray, not dive deeper. Um, but is that really filling your soul up? Do you feel better now than you did before? And I think that for all of us, or at least most of us, if you're like me, the answer is no. Um, if we don't recommit to finding a heartbeat for Jesus, it won't be long until we find no heartbeat at all. Um, the church in Ephesus was like the church we know the most about from the Bible. They have books written to them. Um, Timothy, who was like Paul's disciple, uh, he went and pastored there, and then we have these letters in Revelation to them. They were legit. Um, but as far as my research can tell, there is no church in Ephesus anymore. It's gone. Um, they saw the warning signs. They knew that the path they were headed on probably wasn't healthy, but I don't know the whole story, but it seems like they hit that crossroads and they decided that it was too much. And they just kind of kept coasting and eventually they did lose 
their heartbeat. And I want to say for us in Lakeview, it's been 100 years, but it would be a shame if we decided that 100 years was enough and we didn't need to, to do the things we did at first, that it was okay, that how we feel right now, we're tired and that's fine. Um, and we'll just coast on the things that are happening and notice the good things that are still happening, but to do more would be too much. It would be sad that if we, celebrating our 100 years this last year, decided that was enough and we wanted to be more like the Church of Ephesus and just eventually fizzle out. And so today, um, as we begin to talk about this recommitment, and it's really cliche, like I don't really love New Year's resolutions because I usually think they're silly, um, but I do want to challenge us to commit to this one, to actually recommit to Jesus. And, and one of the ways that we actually do this is through communion. Um, if you entered, you may have seen this like little pod thing. You were like, what was that? And you might have missed it. Um, if you missed it, don't feel awkward. Go and grab one. Uh, but communion is this thing we celebrate as Christians. It's kind of like baptism, where we, we celebrate what Jesus has done for us, and we remember what Jesus has done for us, and we recommit to, to following Jesus together. And so um, you have this little cup, and you can take your time to take off the foil. It's super easy. Uh, and you have this, this bread here or this wafer. I'm not really sure what this is made out of. I've got a lot of questions, actually. <laughs> but we have this wafer, um, and, and this wafer represents Jesus' body. And, and Jesus said this um, to his apostles the day before he was taken away um, by the authorities to be crucified. Um, he said for, so this is Paul talking, remembering communion. He said, for I received what, uh, from the Lord what I passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was portrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I invite you to take uh, the body of Christ together, remembering what Jesus has done, remembering Jesus' people, and recommitting to that. And then also, this is tin-colored foil that you can kind of peel off to reveal the cup and the juice. And this represents Jesus' blood, um, the sacrifice that he made to save us from ourselves. Um, and with this, we remember what Jesus has done, um, that Jesus doesn't call us to sacrifice just because he likes us to, uh, but because he's actually the God who sacrificed for us. And like any relationship, both parties have to come to a crossroads and choose um, to sacrifice for one another. And so I want to challenge you to recommit to the blood of Jesus, remembering what he did for you um, and remembering who he is. And so Paul continues and he says this. He says, in the same way after supper, he, Jesus, took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So I invite you to partake in the blood. So as you join in the new year, I want to encourage you to recommit. Recommit to Jesus. Find that heartbeat you had before. Do the things you know that you should be doing. The things that you did 
at first. And I think that that will really not only <laughs> make you feel a lot better going into 2022, um, but I also think that it'll really impact our church, um, the communities you're in, and our city at large. That if all of us committed to finding that heartbeat for Jesus again, that it would explode in ways we couldn't even imagine. And then also recommit to this place. We are gonna dive into a series about disagreeing. And I don't know about you, but I disagree with a lot of people lately, and I probably need that myself. So not only recommit to this people, to the, the people of God who he died and bled for, but also just recommit to, to figuring out what unity looks like, to figuring out, okay, um, I want to show up. I want to be a part of this people. And I know we're not always going to get along and agree, but how do we do so in a way that glorifies Jesus? Recommit to Jesus and recommit to his people. Um, if you would like prayer, there's going to be someone to your right, my left, at the lamp here. Um, and they would love to pray for you. Um, but other than that, um, love God, love others, tell God's story. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.